Old Testament book of Ruth. Ruth is found after the book of Judges and before the book of Samuel. Ruth, this evening we're going to read from chapter 1 and read just the first seven verses of this chapter. Ruth chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, what we hear now is God's word. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Malon and Kilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, tonight we are going to begin a new sermon series on the book of Ruth. Uh, I expect it will be a fairly short series. There are only four chapters in the book. I expect we'll do probably six-ish sermons or so. Uh, Ruth is an absolutely beautiful book. Ruth is a wonderful story. I often think that the book of Ruth would make an excellent made-for-TV movie. A wonderful story, uh, vibrant actors, wonderful things going on, and it's told so well. Kids, when we tell a story today, it often begins this way. Once upon a time, in a land far away, there was a man who went and did a particular thing. That's how we begin a story. For, for the Hebrew mind, it begins just like the beginning of the book of Ruth. In those days, when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. It's just a beautiful, beautiful story. Now, just to be clear, when I say story, it actually is historical. Well, this actually took place, but it's just told so well, kind of like a, like a TV movie. It's a very, very simple book. It's a very accessible book. Kids, even you will understand the story of Ruth as we go through it together the next several weeks. It is a book about very ordinary people doing very ordinary things. 
There are no fearful plagues. There are no powerful floods. There are no great battles or mighty warriors. It's regular, everyday people. To remind us that while God is the great and he is the God of the majestic, he is also the God of the simple and the ordinary. He is the God who is concerned about the everyday events in our lives. And so tonight we are going to introduce ourselves to the story in the book of Ruth. We read, in the days when the judges ruled. It's a story that roots itself in history. It takes place during the time of the judges. The time of the judges, approximately 1200 B.C. to about 1050 B.C. or so. It's a time after God's people had entered into the promised land, but a time before the monarchy had been set up. It's before Saul, it's before David, it's before Solomon, it's before the kingship is established, although the people are already in the land. The time of the judges was a time of struggles for the people of God. The book of Judges, which just precedes Ruth, in fact, some suggest Ruth is, should just like an appendix to the book of Judges. The book of Judges is set up on the principle of, of cycles that happen in, in someone's life. In the book of Judges, we read about God's blessing on his people. And then the people forget God who had blessed them. God comes and he brings them punishment they call out to him for mercy. God provides a deliverer, a judge, and once again they're brought back to blessing. They live in that blessing. They forget the God who blessed them. God would send punishment. They would cry for mercy. God would send a deliverer as a judge, and once again the blessing would come. A book of cycles, the regular pattern of life. And God who was who was in control of all of that, a God over every part of their life. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. A man of Bethlehem in Judah. <clears throat> you recall your ancient Jewish geography, in the land of Israel, Bethlehem is just a bit south of Jerusalem. So we're talking about <clears throat> the, really the heartland of Israel. They're in the, the, the center of the country, in Bethlehem, just south of Jerusalem. And we read that there was a famine in the land. A famine in Bethlehem. Now, maybe that doesn't strike us until we remember that, that the name Bethlehem, the name of that town, is made up of two Hebrew words. Two words that mean house of bread. Bethlehem is the breadbasket of the country. The house of bread. 
and we read there was a famine. There's a famine in the house of bread. It makes that, that, that circumstance all the more noticeable. Where we expect abundance, the house of bread, we find a famine. And so there's the famine in Bethlehem, and they went to sojourn in the country of Moab. Where is Moab? Whereas Bethlehem is near the center of Israel, Moab is on the other side of the Jordan River. Moab is across the river and, and south about 60 miles or so, just below the, the land that belonged to the tribe of Reuben. Whereas Bethlehem is in the center of where God said he would dwell. To go to Moab is to go really to the outskirts, across the river, down far away, living just on the edge of the people of God, living in Moab, the Moabites, the descendants of Lot. Lot, who was not the chosen line. Lot, who was not the chosen one. This move from Bethlehem to Moab is much more than just a geographical change. It's a change in perspective from being in the center of the land where God dwells to going on the very, very outskirts, barely connected anymore. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. A man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. That's the historical setting of what takes place in the book of Ruth. Who are the primary characters in this story? Now, we know the story. Many of us know the story. And so we have to kind of read this as if we're reading it for the first time. So we read that there was a famine in the, in the land, and a man of Bethlehem of Judea went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. He's the first person we are introduced to in the story. The name of the man is Elimelech. Elimelech means, my God is king. Now, obviously, this is going to be a key character in the story. The first one introduced, his name is, my God is king, and he is, he is the man in the story. Now, many times they've told the story from the male perspective, so it doesn't surprise us that, that the man is introduced first, Elimelech. What do we read about Elimelech? Yes, he takes his family and goes down to Moab, and in verse 3, but Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. If this were a made-for-TV movie, we haven't even made it past the opening credits. <laughs> and Elimelech is gone. Uh, he is not the, the main character in the story. Again, with that uh, 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 male focus, maybe it's his sons. Maybe it's Malon and Kilion. That they will be the ones who, who carry the story and lead things forward. Well, we read about Malon and Kilion. We read they go to Moab. We read that they take wives 
They're there for about 10 years, <clears throat> and verse 5, and both Malon and Kilion died. We haven't even made it past the first commercial. <laughs> and these guys are dead. And now that, that, that probably wouldn't surprise us if, again, we had subtitles for what their names mean. Malon and Kilion, these names are linguistically connected to the words weak and sickly. That's who these guys were. These guys were weak and sickly. So perhaps it doesn't surprise us that very, very soon in the story, they are out of the picture. It's not the man Elimelech. It's not his sons Malon and Kilion. All right, maybe the daughters-in-law. Well, like I said, we know the story. We know that one of these daughters-in-law, Orpah, is going to leave before the end of chapter 1. One daughter-in-law will be gone. So perhaps, perhaps it is Ruth. Ruth, whose name is given to this book. The title of the story, children, is Ruth. She is the one who is the primary actor in the story. We're going to see her acting in chapters 2 and chapter 3 as she goes to glean in someone's field, as she goes down to the threshing floor to make a request. She's, she is most certainly the hero of the story. Ruth is the hero of the book of Ruth. It is through her that the conclusion of the story will come about. But I'm going to suggest tonight that although she is the hero of the story, she is not the primary actor of the story. Ruth would be on the TV movie also starring, you know, also starring Ruth. The primary character in the book of Ruth is the woman, Naomi. It is her story that we find in the book of Ruth. Hence, uh, tonight's sermon title, Ruth, the story of Naomi. Now, why do I say that? That the, it's, a, it's a story about Naomi. Well, the text itself gives us some clues to that. In verse 3, we read this. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. A man was never referred to as the husband of his wife. A wife would be referred to as the wife of her husband. But here, here we have a clue given to us by the author. Hey, there's something different going on here. Because Elimelech is described in terms of his wife, Naomi. He is her husband. That is incredibly out of character for what would typically be written in a story like this at this time. In verse 5, both Malon and Kilion died so that the woman was left without her sons and her husband. The woman. It is a story that will revolve around her. It is a story that will show God's work 
in her life. And while Ruth may appear the primary actor and Ruth the hero of the story, we will see. It is Naomi who is working behind the scenes. It is Naomi who is directing the action. In fact, the next character introduced in the story, in chapter 2, verse 1, we have a character named Boaz introduced. How is he introduced? Chapter 2, verse 1, Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Again, he is introduced in terms of her, his relationship to her. She is the primary character. And even at the very end of the story, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Ruth is going to have a baby. Okay, Ruth's going to have a baby. But in chapter 4, how do they describe that? Chapter 4, verse 17. Ruth, children, Ruth has the baby. And this is what we read. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, a son has been born to Naomi, and they call him Obed. Even this son that Ruth will bear is described as a son of Naomi. Yes, Ruth is the principal character. Yes, Ruth is the hero of the story. But it's a story of the woman Naomi. And the story of the work of God in her life. And in, in the book of Ruth, we see two beautiful uh, themes that will come through in this book. Two major themes. They are the theme of redemption and the theme of providence. The theme of redemption is going to show up mostly in chapters 3 and 4. So I'm not going to say a lot about that tonight. Other than in these chapters, we're going to see a beautiful picture of what redemption looks like. Redemption has to do with a purchase. A purchase that is being made. And there's going to be an interchange between Ruth and Boaz and another unnamed character in the story. He doesn't even get a name. He's kind of like, uh, he's like the expendable crewman on Star Trek. Doesn't even get a name. But there's going to be a redemption that takes place in that context. And already here in the Old Testament, in the story of Naomi, in the book of Ruth, we have pictures pointing forward to the work of Jesus Christ. The one who would come to redeem his people. The one who would come to pay the price for our sins. Pictured already here in the Old Testament. Pictured already here in this wonderful, beautiful, well-told story. The redemption that is ours in Jesus Christ. That redemption that still goes on today. As Jesus continues to come to us and say, embrace me as Lord and Savior and know the truth of my redemption. His blood shed for us. And so he calls us tonight to put our faith and trust in him and know that wonderful fact 
that our sins have been paid for, paid in full. We've been redeemed by our Savior. Again, beautiful pictures already here in the Old Testament in the book of Ruth, the theme of redemption. In the first two chapters, the theme we're going to see most clearly is the theme of providence. Providence. Providence, kids, is God's care for his people. God's care for his people. Our own Heidelberg Catechism in Lord's Day 10 says providence is the almighty and ever-present power of God by which he upholds with his hand heaven and earth and all things and so rules them that nothing happens by chance without his will. God upholds all things and God rules all things. God's ongoing care for his people at all times. That God is in control of all things at all times in our lives. Because we are going to see in the story of Naomi that things did not always go well for her. In fact, at the, <clears throat> near the end of chapter 1, in verse 21, we have something of a summary of those first few verses we read tonight. Chapter 121, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. The beginning of the story is the story of the emptying of Naomi. Emptying of all the basic needs of life. First, food. There is a famine in the house of bread. She doesn't have the food necessary. Home, leaving Bethlehem and moving away from the center of the people of God and moving down to Moab on the very edge of the territory and being emptied of family. Her husband, both her sons, one of her daughters-in-law, the Lord has brought me back empty. And yet notice what she says. The Lord has brought me back empty. Even in the loss of all of these things, she still recognizes the hand of God. She still recognizes God has not forgotten me. The Lord has brought me back. And after being emptied, the story of Naomi is going to be the story of her filling once again. Filling with food. Filling with a home. Filling with family. A reminder that, that God's providence is in all times. And that God never forgets his people. That's where we end tonight in verse 6. Then she arose with her daughter-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. There had been a famine in the house of bread, but she had heard that God had once again provided bread for his people, and she would now return to that place where God dwelt. She, with her family, had left the presence of God. 
the presence of God had never left her. She hears that God has once again visited his people, cared for his people, provided for his people, and she comes back once again. God provides for her exactly what she will need. We'll see that as the story unfolds. I said it's a beautiful story and a beautiful word of encouragement for us. That our Lord, that our Savior, that our Redeemer is also the one who meets all of our needs. It's a word of encouragement for us. God is a God who knows our needs, food and home and family. These very everyday, regular needs. And yet we will see God continuing to provide. God's work is not only in the spectacular God's work is not only in the magnificent, but God works in the everyday lives of his people. So, so perhaps it wouldn't make a good movie, perhaps it's too regular for a good movie about everyday ordinary people, but it certainly will highlight an absolutely extraordinary God. His power, his care, his love for all of his people. It's not a story about the heroes of faith. It's not a story about mighty warriors and kings. It's a story about those who stand in need of God's care day by day by day. That's us. That's us. And a reminder that even when God empties in his time, he will also fill again. A simple story of a great God. A story that takes place at a different time, in a different locality. But the same God of redemption, the same God of providence, the same God who cares for you and will watch over you in this coming week, whether it's a week of emptying or a week of filling. The Lord remembers his people. The Lord has visited his people. And we can we can have firm confidence and trust in this great, mighty, powerful God. May God bless us in the weeks together as we study this beautiful book, the book of Ruth, the story of Naomi. Let's pray together. Lord our God, we thank you and we praise you for your holy word, for all of that word, for the grand passages, for the simple stories. Lord God, bless your word to our hearts, for it is ultimately the story of your son, Jesus Christ, and what he has done for us, his people. May we, O oh God, be encouraged in our study of this portion of your word, reminded that you are the God of providence, who is in control of all things, and you are the God of redemption, who cares for us so much that you would send your son to give us life. Bless us in our study, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to turn together to 256, 256.